0: Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Now, always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got locked on Rays host Ulysses Zambrano on the pod today to do a little therapy session for Ulysses. We were discussing who he wanted to face out of the wildcard match against the Rays. We were discussing what went wrong in Game 5? The Kevin Kiermaier play? What went wrong in this series? So it's going to be a jam-packed pod with Ulysses. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. But don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreativeThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And guys, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen to every day. This podcast is not possible without you. So thank you for listening, subscribing, reviewing, doing all the jazz you need to do. Thank you. Now, let's jump into the pod with Yulis Sombrano of Lockdown Rays. You
1: are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Lockdown listeners, it's crossover time, and we got a first-time guest on today's pod. We got Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays here to hopefully do a little therapy session. Ulysses, how are you feeling, not just with baseball, but just in your normal life? I know it's probably a little tough for you right now.
1: Yeah, not not fantastic right now. Anytime you get booted off the playoffs and, and you get to see a really good team, to get to 100 wins for the first time in our young franchise history. By the way, we are expansion brothers and sisters, <laughs> yeah. so that, that is very nice. Um, yeah, you get to 100, you you feel really confident, and then you don't even get to a
0: game five. Uh, you yeah, lose it in game four. Yeah, the expansion thing is interesting because I saw a tweet today that talked about who would you rather be. Basically, because the D backs and Rays basically have like the same winning percentage. It's like a few ticks off, but it's pretty close. Yeah. But the D-backs are a team that started off really hot. They were the fastest team, fastest expansion team ever to win a World Series. And then you look at the last 10 years, it's like maybe a wild card birth outside of that. And then you look at the Rays, they kind of started slow. But then the last 10 years, they made the playoffs half the time, been to the World Series, 100-win season. So what would you rather be? Would you rather be, of course, let, let's maybe even it out a little bit. Let's say the Rays win last year. Would you rather have that recent success or would you rather have started out quickly?
1: Uh, I think the recent success is always a little bit better just because uh, for me personally, I'm 30. So although I do remember that World Series, you know, one very, very well, that might have been the first World Series where I legitimately watched every game all of them uh i was 10 years old so uh, you know it's i think a little bit better when you can experience the 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 major success when you're a little bit more aware of what it means of how Mm -hmm. rare it is i really wanted the yankees to lose so seeing the diamondbacks win uh was awesome you know and but but the problem is is if you're a diamondbacks fan which i'm i am not but uh And that was the one experience. Then you were 10 and you're like, what? I I pay taxes now. I have kids. Like, how how is this not happening? So I I think I would take the recency uh, here, but it's not like – we don't play to just go to the World Series. We 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 go go play and, and watch a team for 162 games, hopefully to watch them, you know, hoist that 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 piece of metal, like Rob Manfred would say. <laughs> and you know, so so that's it. You have to win it all. And the Diamondbacks have won it all, and the Rays haven't.
0: Yeah. I mean, shout out D-backs, the only team in the Valley with the championship among the male teams, because I believe the the Murphy have a few championships here, the Phoenix Rising, but among the four American major sports, the D-backs are the only team in the Valley to win one. But Ulysses, let's talk about that playoff series, because I kind of want to start first with that wild card game between the Yankees and Red Sox, because those two teams, I felt like Going into that wild card game, it was basically their World Series. Like whoever was coming out that series was basically what well, we thought at the time was going to get smacked by the Rays, which of course didn't happen. But when you watch that wild card game, did you have a preference of who you want to win between the Yankees and Red Sox? Uh,
1: funnily enough, I thought that uh, the, the Yankees had the worst lineup. Uh, I think that they're an easier team to pitch to. You know what they're all about. At, at the Bronx, they want to hit bombs, yeah. so that's easier to plan around and and how to exploit their flaw. So I thought their lineup was was weaker. I thought their pitching was better. So it, it was a pro and a pro and con. However, the pitching catastrophe that are the Boston Red Sox, at least in the last three months, that was not the case during the ALDS. You know, you 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 talk about that was their World Series. It was also a, a kind of an adrenaline rush for whoever was going to win that to like, we can do this. We survived that one. Now we have to win a series, not just one game. And I feel like that gave the Red Sox some very much needed adrenaline rush and they took and, and ran with it. Yeah, they lost the first one to the race, 5-0, um, got shut out. But the rest of, of the time, they've ha- they had that magic fairy dust that it seems to follow every time the Red Sox go to the playoffs. It seems like there's just a fairy dust that, you know, has that, you know,
0: Boston accent throwing fairy dust all around them. And it's kind of crazy too, because this was a team that was maybe the most cursed in baseball pre-04. And basically since 04, they've had every break go their way with Big Poppy and a whole bunch of other players in their lineup over the years. I mean, they've been able to constantly refresh that lineup and just not pay for players but also build through their farm system organically so I have a lot of respect for the Red Sox but just from the outside I would have maybe thought you would have want to face the Red Sox more than the Yankees just because I felt yeah. like the Yankees had more balance overall on their team I would agree that maybe the Red Sox had a better lineup but again that pitching rotation with the Red Sox after Chris Sale and Nivaldi, I mean it, it was mediocre to say the least and chris sale was a guy coming off tommy john so it's like how much can you really put on his plate the bullpen was like two guys that you really trusted maybe the red sox bullpen the yankees they had bullpen arms even if they didn't have a deep rotation either they at least had a bullpen that could piece it together if one of their starters had to go out early but now you look at this red sox uh, Rays ALDS you see that first game the Rays their pitching really came through you had great defense as well you even saw Rosarina Arena uh steal home in that first game so after that first game when the Rays go up one nothing, you're like okay this team was supposed to smack the Red Sox in this series were you like all right this is gonna be easy series Rays might sweep maybe a gentleman sweeping four I'm not really giving the Red Sox much thought in this series. You'll hear that response from Ulysses, but this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Save time and money when you're using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right, let's get back into the pod.
1: I thought it was a gentleman's sweep. I thought it was like, okay, they'll take one in Fenway, maybe game three, you know, with their whole pomp and circumstance, and, and then the race will go and get it in game four. And that's exactly the opposite that happened. Uh, you know, they did come out firing game one, but it, it's just a little bit – we we can see the clear demarcation line on who Kevin Cash is during the regular season and then who Kevin Cash is during the postseason and i think if you're a race fan and you follow this team as closely as as me and kevin weiss uh, the the other co-host of of Mm -hmm. locked on race we see a a very clear distinct difference in what it is to be a manager in the postseason and a manager in the regular season and the truth is is that he is the most successful manager in the regular (laughs) season and that success has not really uh followed him in the postseason i mean you've got Situation where in Game Four you are against the back is against the wall. You gotta win. It's a must-win game. We say that all the time as a cliche, right? It's a must game win, must game, you know, must, <laughs> win must game. Win game. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like July eighteenth, and you're like, okay, why are they saying that? Well, no, the Game Four was a a must-win game, and you leave uh Joey Wendell, an All-Star, on the bench. When you, got, when you have a guy like Brandon Lau, who has mightily struggled not only this postseason, but in 2020 and in 2019, I mean, he didn't get a hit this postseason. He was 0 for 18, 0 for 19. A guy that hit 39 home runs, and he bats him third against a lefty starter, nonetheless, in, in game four. Things I – mean, you cannot do these mistakes in the postseason. You cannot manage – like it's July 3rd, you can in the postseason. You have to have a different mindset. Brendan Lau, for example, he had a horrible April and May. But what happened? He stuck with him. He stuck with him. He's his guy. It's 162 games. You can allow that. The issue is you can't just hope this guy's going to turn it around in, in, in a three, four game series. Sometimes guys get cold in three, to get in four game series. And that's what happened. He
0: managed like it was the regular season when it really wasn't. So why do you think he does that? Because we know the Rays are a heavy analytics team. So is it just putting too much faith in those analytics and saying, these are what the numbers say. This is what I should do based off the numbers. Do you not think he has enough feel or just going with what the actual flow of the game is? Because Kevin Cash, he he might win manager of the year again. I mean, the Rays had a fantastic season. He's going to be getting votes. So why do you think that the, the the success doesn't translate? And do we have to maybe put some more blame on the players? Because like you said, I, was there anything Kevin Cash could do to stop a 0 for 18, 0 for 19 skip for Brandon Lau outside of taking him out the lineup? Like, who, how can you really put all the blame on Kevin Cash? So why do you think the success in the regular season doesn't always translate to the postseason?
1: That's a great question, and I really hope that brighter minds that work for the Rays are, are talking about this right now. But if I can give you my opinion, I, I think it, it's not that they are looking too much into the Excel spreadsheets or or, or all of that. I, I feel like he's a players manager, and I feel like he does not want to rock the boat with his players. Like Brandon Louse's guy, he hit 39 bombs. I put him out in the lineup whenever he was cold and he finally came through. He's going to come through with us. I think it was kind of like a a taking care of his players' egos, which I'm all for that on May 17th. That is completely fine. It's okay. It's still frustrating on May 17th, though, (laughs) when you're batting him lead off for third um, and the splits are not there. But in the playoffs, he kept with that mentality of he's going to come through. I'm not going to touch his ego. Maybe that that's, that's what I think. I feel like he's a player manager and he doesn't really want to rock the boat too much. And let's be honest, Brandon Lau is signed to a team-friendly deal that takes him all the way to like 2026 with options. So if, and it's a very, very team-friendly deal, like just like the Rays like it, okay? Low on the dollar sign. So this guy has been an all-star and he can be making $4 million next year. So, I mean, so this is how, you know, if 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 you know that and you're Kevin Cash, I don't think you're going to sit a guy like that in the playoffs because – You expect to be in the playoffs many more times if you're the race, and they've got enough talent that they will be making the playoffs in the next three, four years routinely. This is going to become a routine. They're in their window of opportunity right now. I don't think he wanted to give that punch to a guy that he's going to need maybe in the next three or four years.
0: Yeah, and the Rays do a great job, like the Red Sox, of just being able to churn out guys, especially on low contracts, like you're saying. Like, the Rays do not want to pay people big bucks, but they're somehow always able to just – they're basically the Terminator when it comes to pitchers because year <laughs> after year, they're just producing these guys from the minors that are throwing that are throwing flames, basically. I mean, how many times do you see a team win 100 games in the first two games of a postseason st- series they're starting two rookies in game one and game two. Like, that. that's crazy to think about. Most teams don't do that. But in that game four, how, what did you think of the game plan to go with basically Colin McHugh to start and then a Shane McLennan after that? Because I feel like... The, the Dodgers are kind of doing this tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. The Dodgers are kind of doing this too with starting a reliever, Corey Nebel, and then maybe they transition to a starter after that or maybe they just make it a bullpen game. Do you like that in the game five? Do you want to maybe go to bullpen arm and then try to get a starter after that? Or do you just say, this is win or go home, and just put our best starter on the mound and see what happens? You'll hear Ulysses' response to that question, but we're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code lockdown to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. But first, thank you once again for making Lockdown Dynamax your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you, so thank you. Now, let's really get back into the podcast.
1: That's the thing. You didn't have that available for the race. You didn't have the best starter. You didn't have a guy the that wasn't now. a rookie. Yeah, a glass now. Thank you. I, I, thank you for saying that out of market because <laughs> it, it feels like... Everybody in Rays Nation is like, can you imagine if they had had glass now? We would already be done and playing the ALCS. Um, And, and, you know, let's also game three and game four, walk-offs. Walk-offs, that's a flip of the coin. Um, And at Fenway. So when you go back to what should they have done game four, I, I understand the idea. I don't like putting a rookie in Fenway Park. In a situation where they've never done that before, even like I'm, I've am i set this date before, May 17th or May 15th. He never did that <clears throat> in May 15th, coming in as a reliever, never did that Shane McClanahan did. So why are you putting him in that situation? If you're already going to use him, use him as a starter. Use him as what he has already known all of his life. Do what he did four days ago when he blanked them for five innings. So that's my my argument. I'm okay with using Colin McHugh if you didn't have anybody else. But if you're going to already use a starter, use him as a starter, maybe one time through the order. Let him get you nine outs. After that, you plug in Colin McHugh, you plug in all-star Andrew Kittredge, and you go from there. And you hope that the bats respond but he put him in a bad situation. If you're already going to use him, just use him as a starter. That's what I would have changed.
0: Yeah, that's probably my biggest issue because I feel like they're too committed to their game plan a lot of times in these games. And they're just not letting the game unfold because as soon as they went two times through the lineup or however many times it was, they were like, all right, you're done. We're putting the next guy in without letting the game unfold because it wasn't like Colin McHugh was out there struggling. It wasn't like he was laboring nine pitch at bats or walking multiple dudes. Like he was not mowing down through the lineup, but he was working fine and efficiently. 18 pitches, Millard.
1: 18 pitches in two innings. Now in the post game, he says, well, I wanted to ease uh, McClanahan with the, the lower part of the lineup. Why are you babying him when he just showed you that he blanked that same lineup, uh you know, three, four days ago? So that, yeah, they they went too much into their game plan and like, hey, he's going to give us two innings no matter what. And then we're going to put him in the bottom of the of the lineup. I, I I see that. However, game two and game three where you had Shane Boss, a rookie, and Drew mm-hmm. Rasmussen, who has just become a starter. He was always a reliever with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, you, they Unfortunately, it didn't go to plan. I'm sure that their plan was not we're going to take him out in the second and third because they're getting shellacked. That wasn't their plan. Uh, so then you you had to kind of, you know, make something up and, and go with the bullpen. But that's the issue. That's the biggest issue about the 2021 Rays in the postseason. They just didn't have guy, just one guy like a glass now that you can just give the ball and say, give me six. I trust you to give me six. Even if you allow four runs, give me six. And it didn't have that.
0: Yeah, because I do think this series was closer than maybe the perception of it because, you know, game two, the Red Sox absolutely have won the greatest, offensive games we've ever seen and then their offense continue to stay hot the next two games but like we were saying game three that was a walk-off win by the red sox that went 13 innings that that that's the definition of a coin flip and then game four the red sox go up early but the rays they battled back late in that game they tied up and the red sox need another walk-off sacrifice fly that basically feels like it was courtesy of the rays because they were basically just shooting themselves in the foot in that ninth inning. So this series is a lot closer than maybe the perception of it is. And with Tyler Glass now on the mound, I do think this is a different series, but I'm not going as far as saying the Rays are shooing for the ALCS now. I will say you guys have a lot better (laughs) chance. I'm not saying it's over at that point, but when you do look at this series, uh, the games were close, of course. And going back to that game three in the extra innings, I just want to know what was your take on the controversial Kevin Kiermaier double? I mean, obviously i think by the rules it was the correct call but do you think do you think there should have been more discretion used by the umpires in that situation like what was your overall take on the situation
1: um well yeah i i think like you you know if you go by the book that's that's the law that's the rule you got it you got to follow the rule now my only question is how why do you have six umpires in the playoffs Why do you have six umpires in the playoffs when four can do? Because those two extra pairs of eyes, those two extra brains are not really doing much. If you're just (laughs) going to go by the rule book, if you're not allowing these extra umpires to give you their judgment call to, to provide some sort of objectivity, why do you have the extra umpires? And I'll go a second step further. If you have stat casts where you have arm strength, you know uh, how fast guys throw what is the sprint speed of guys you have over overview angles from 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 the top you have all of this technology you could literally make a math problem and say in you know 30 seconds a minute in new york saying hey would he have made it safe to home yes he would have you have the technology and I think that Yandy Diaz would have definitely been safe. So I guess my argument is there should be a, a, a bit of more judgment in, in, in the umpire's discretion here. Because if if you're just going to go by the rule book, then stop with the whole, oh, this game means more. And we have six umpires because it clearly does not. And you're just going to follow the rules.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Come back tomorrow for part two with Ulysses, where we discuss more Rays versus Red Sox. We discuss what do the Rays have to do to get over the hump? Will there be wholesale changes? We discuss all that and more on tomorrow's pod. So you're going to have to come back tomorrow to listen to that. And remember... Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Brings you his unique perspective on Major League's past and present. And as always, guys, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces.